And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Episode 207 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. And I am Brian. How are we all doing this week? Oh man, it's great. I went to eight conventions and, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> went on a cruise and, uh, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. And then you that. woke up and... <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Took off my VR helmet. <laughs> <sighs> There have been two separate nights this week where I have had dreams that I am stage managing a show. Not like <laughs> things going wrong crazy. And to put right. this in normal context, my my usual like dream content is I think easily qualified as absurdist Nightmare Looney Tunes episode. Hmm. Um, you know, being assassinated by Chewbacca and Tipper Gore is one of my favorites. <laughs> this example. My Man, my, Allie, there there is so much to unpack in that. <laughs> <laughs> Tipper's the one who got me too. It was in a Kmart with an electric drill straight through the temple. Anyway, this was Shop just smart. like Shop as smart. This was just like a uh, yeah normal show. Everything running smoothly. I just needed something to do. I guess. <laughs> wow. Twice. Twice. <sighs> Your brain is like go back to work. My brain is like, do anything not within these same four walls. So, yeah, so there were two things. One is we had an exciting um, tornado warning night, but like 2.30 in the morning one morning. Uh, that was that was super exciting. Uh, and then the other one was, was uh, something I saw, which was essentially a, uh, you know, things that people are doing or things that thoughts that people have when they're now that they're locked in home at their house and it was one of them was like i don't know but i think the dog is looking at me like yeah see why i chew shit up after being locked in the house this <laughs> <laughs> so i do want to say something to the 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 tornado warning thing um that actually hit in cartersville and if you're listening yeah. from cartersville and you need anything Reach out to me. Uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter or in any, any kind of social media, and I will get you what you need because I've got people running supplies and stuff in Cartersville. And they'll just come and drop it off wherever you are if you need it. You don't even have to see them. So just let me know, please. Yeah, it got hit pretty pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. it did. Um, this week has been a lot of Persona 5 Royal and DuckTales for me. Nice. If you are not on that DuckTales train, the, the current cartoon, I recommend getting on it. Yesterday I watched an episode that included, of course, David Tennant, and then also Allison Janney, Lin-Manuel Miranda, John Hodgman, and Jim Rash. Oh, good lord. All I in mean... one episode. Okay. You know Kids what? these it, days, it, they have it so well. You have now convinced me I will have to watch this show. It yeah. was an Old West train heist. Oh, John Hodgman you. played John T. Rocker Duck. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Uh, I cannot say enough good about that show. Also, now I cry when I hear the moon theme from the NES game because of it. <sighs> It's very oh. good. You know what else was very good, Alex? What's that? The books that we read this week. Oh, Brian is <laughs> apparently ready to talk about comics. Apparently. <laughs> I am. I so am. That was a very pointed segue. Man, 
I am so ridiculously happy that you suggested these. <laughs> I am too. I I read these as they came out and have never had the time to really sit down and reread them, which I have wanted to do since it ended. Yeah. Uh, for some reasons we'll get into. This is, of course, Hawkeye, or as it was known on the internet at the time, Hawkeye. Well, and now I understand why it was known as Hawkeye. <laughs> yes. Well, the funny thing is the Hawkeye references in book uh-huh. were a reference to people calling it Hawkeye online. <laughs> <laughs> That is beautiful. Fucking nice. Um, This is the 2012 Hawkeye series written by Matt Fraction, art by David Aha, Annie Wu, Javier Pulido, Francesco Francavilla, Steve Lieber, Jesse Hamm, and Chris Eliopoulos. It was colored by Matt Hollingsworth, Francesco Francavilla, and Jordi Belair. Lettering was by Chris Eliopoulos and Clayton Cowles. The assistant editor was Devin Lewis. The associate editors were Sana Amanat, who then moved on to edit the back half of the series, and Tom Brennan. The first half of the series was edited by Stephen Wacker, who then went to do Marvel animations. All right. Nice. Okay, so I did have one question before we kind of dig into the books themselves. Yes. So there are four trades that are part of this. Yes. Um. Yeah, so it's My Life is a Weapon, Little Hits, Rio Bravo, and L.A. Woman. Uh-huh. Um, specifically the last two, Rio yep. Bravo and L.A. Woman. Is there an order that you should specifically read those in, or... You should read this book in issue number order, would be Well, my... that would be why I asked, because clearly in the, in the run when it came out, they alternated, they alternated Kate Bishop in L.A. issues and Clint in New York issues. In theory. So, one of the reasons I was excited to reread this is this series was hit with a lot of delays, for various reasons. Um, And there were actually issues that came out out of order in the back half of the series. Okay, now I'm really glad I asked this question. Yeah. (laughs) So it wound up going like, Clint, Kate, Kate, Clint, Kate, Clint, or something like that. Um, In fact, I read this on the Marvel Unlimited app that sorts by by release date instead of issue number. So I did have to like manage, okay, wait, am I reading the right things in the right order and not just hit next over and over? Um, But I would read it in issue order. I think there are probably ways where you could make it make sense reading the Clint issues than the Kate issues because after a point they do diverge before they they come back together. That's what I did. And and it's because of how they're collected. So the Rio Bravo one is like issues... 12 and 13, 15, 17, 19, and then 21 and 22. Okay. And th- which is all of Clint's story. Yeah. And then the the LA Woman one is just Kate in LA. Yeah. I does that have is that the one with the annual in it then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's got the annual mm-hmm. in it also. I can see that I would still like stop before 22 and read Kate and then read 22. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. That that would yeah. make and I I know why now. Yeah. Um yeah. So, one of the things that <laughs> And this is why I mentioned the delays and the the strange release schedule. One of the things that this series does after its first, I think about eight issues, ten issues maybe, is play with timeline and perspective. Yes. There is a sequence of, I think it's four, maybe five issues in the middle of this where you get Kate's perspective, Clint's perspective, Lucky's perspective, and uh, Barney, Barton's perspective. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's all the same, like, 12 to 24 hours overlapping. Yeah. 
And I remember reading those and being like, I know I've read this before and missing some of the like hooks on timeline. So I will say reading it in trade, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to read the whole thing consecutively like that makes that much, much easier to pick up on. And I think... I think if the book had stayed on schedule, I probably would have still hooked in on more of it then too, but sometimes it was three or four months between. Okay. Like, Mm. I loved the book at the time, but getting to read it in this way, I only appreciate it. Yeah. Nice. So... Do we want to kind of start with our with our kind of recap of what happens or bro recap bro <laughs> bro recap bro all right so first of um, all first of all I want to say this looks bad that, what looks bad that's no, how bad. a bunch of issues start Brian almost yeah. every issue starts with, oh, oh, this looks oh, bad oh, 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 wait a minute wait one. a minute wait a minute oh Brian oh Brian <laughs> <laughs> there are so many good little moments from this there show. are so many okay. You know what, and we're going to start literally the first issue of this, has Kate and Tony, what looks like trying to defuse a bomb, and then you turn the page, and it's just that his AV cables to all of his AV equipment are so screwed up. That's issue seven. Yeah. Am I on the wrong one? Yeah. I opened the wrong one to start with. (laughs) I did. Oops. The first issue of this starts with Clint falling out of a building and saving Lucky the pizza dog. You're right. You're right. You're right. Open the wrong. (laughs) Open the wrong trade first. (laughs) Oh, Brian! Oh, this looks bad. (laughs) (laughs) We were so right already. We didn't even know it. (laughs) Yes. So this starts out with 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 Clint falling out of a building and saying that it looks bad uh, and saving a dog, taking it to a vet. And then we kind of back up a couple of days and we get the lead up to why, what happened with the dog. And essentially what we find out is that there is a Eastern European slash Russian-esque where I don't know that we ever get specifics on we don't. what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we know we know it is we know that they use, they speak a language that uses a Cyrillic alphabet. Correct. And it's a blendy blendy mixy mixy of dialect. Yeah. Yes. And there's a whole there's a lot of shiny tracksuits and a lot of bros. <laughs> tracksuit Dracula. <laughs> yes. Uh, and essentially, they own the building that Clint is living in, and all of his obviously neighbors are living in, and they are basically like doubling the rent and trying to kick everyone out. Um. And essentially what happens is we find out that Clint takes a whole lot of money, um, which they don't really say where he got the money from. I'm guessing that was somewhere else, explained somewhere else in Marvel at some point. It was in um, this run. Was yeah, it? It was, yeah. It was when, later in the run when he's talking to Barney, he tells him where it came from. Oh, okay. And you see it. You see him and Kate do the heist. Oh, yeah, they do do the heist. Yeah. Man, I was, I'm wondering how much of this I read while I was sleeping. <laughs> Maybe we should let Jen recap. I was going to say, Jen, why don't you recap? Because clearly <laughs> I am. Uh... I'm so bad at recap. So God. Uh, okay. So it opens with, like Brian said, uh, uh, tracksuit mafia and everybody trying to kick everybody out of the building that Clint lives in. Yep. Uh, Clint gets into a fight with them. And that's where the whole dog thing comes in. It starts. It opens with the dog thing. And then it explains it. It does a lot of that, like. Tarantino-esque, this is what happens, and then I'm going to go back and explain how it happened. Yeah. Um, so the, the tracksuit mafia is trying to kick everybody out of the building, and Clint obviously is not going to have it because he's a superhero. Duh. Of course, he doesn't want bad things to happen, especially to the people that are kind of his family. Um, so this whole like first 11 issues is him trying to buy the building and keep his neighbors safe. Yeah. 
That's kind of the whole run, honestly. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Like, this pisses off the the mafia, the bro mafia, and <laughs> the rest of this run is basically him pissing them off more and more and them trying to kill him, and if they have and to, the, his, and neighbors. his neighbors. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, you know what it is? I realize, so yeah, because the second issue is him and Kate pulling off this heist. Yeah. And I didn't realize that he kept that he actually got and kept that money, mm. and that was the money that he used. Oh, that's yeah. where I missed. That's where I missed the because the second one is them going to the Cirque de Nuit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gee, that's not a. Uh... <laughs> Uh, which is being run by criminals who essentially have invited all of these super high-profile criminals like Wilson Fisk and Madame Mass and um, the Owl, yeah, the, right, the Owl, like Everybody. all all these folks, right, Tombstone, um, to this show in, in this hotel. And while they're all there watching the show, they're robbing them. <laughs> I just want to know if the Cirque du Nuit is like a a play. I know it's obviously a play on Cirque du Soleil, but I want to yeah. know if it's also a play on the Night Circus, the book. Which is, oh. I fucking love that book. Could be, uh, I mean. I would maybe. not be surprised. Yeah. Um, I, okay. Which, this was, I mean, I I already love Kate Bishop. Mm-hmm. But, like, starting with this particular issue right here, she is now one of probably my top five favorite superheroes. This mm-hmm. book was my introduction to Kate and immediately cemented her as oh just my. the best. Kate is ridiculously amazing. I love her so much. Um so they that's essentially that's what they do is they they rob from this group of circus people who are robbing from, you know, criminals. Yep. Yeah. Then <laughs> Oh, issue three is the best issue in the entire fucking run. Fight me. <laughs> then we get Cherry, which is uh, every. Okay, I, I, I guess I, I think I don't know that there is a single issue in this entire run that doesn't at least somehow play with time. Yeah. Yeah. Because even the ones that like are within the whole issue tell a specific section of time. They will like start in media res and then jump back and. That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see it like um, even in the first issue, a lot of there's they're standing outside of the vet's office. Now Clint is standing outside of a very similar looking uh front for a backroom gambling operation and like cross cutting kinda like on Arrow and some episodes of Veronica Mars between similar similar scenes and similar focuses. Speaking of Arrow, clearly Fraction had a real, real Chekhov's arrow running through so the series too. Fucking <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. So the the dog that we start out with that gets severely injured, he's the he's the Tracksuit Mafia's dog initially. Yes. Um, and Clint tries to feed him pizza. He, he's like, hey, can I pet your dog? And they're like, no, dog bite, bro. And he's like, I don't know. He likes pizza. He seems like a pretty cool dog to me. Um, and he, he he's, oh, he's just being friendly. He's just being awesome and friendly. And then it turns into a fight and they kick this dog into traffic. Man. Oh, when I first started reading this, I was like, "Mm, Alex, are you sure? Are you sure, Alex? I don't know that I can read this. I mean, you know Lucky is still alive today. I, yeah, yeah. But when I first started reading this, I was like... Uh, Jim was like, is this going to be a Clint Wick book? Fair. (laughs) Fair. Also, yes, kind of. But no. No, the only timeline in which in which Lucky dies is my Thursday night D&D game in which I play Bent Clarton. 
an arcane archer and did in fact adopt a stray dog who like three weeks later i had to miss a session for rehearsal and i get a text message telling me that in game the dog had died and i am still seeking vengeance to this i would i would riot I would actually fucking riot. What the, Alex didn't tell you is his dog's name in that game was Unlucky. No, it um, was not. <laughs> it, look, it was in fact Lucky. The teammate who was responsible for its death in quote-unquote friendly fire, I asked to be able to exact vengeance upon and was told by the captain of the ship, occasional guest host Meg, uh... No, I could not seek vengeance upon a teammate. Immediately after which that teammate was revealed to have been evil the entire time and attacked the crew, and I could have put them down and saved a lot of people. Also now on the town that was destroyed by this teammate, there is an orphanage and pet hospital named after Lucky. Aw, good. That is what I did with my reward money. Aw. But I, anyway, Clint takes I wear a vial of his ashes around my neck. There you Aww. go. Stop making me cry. Um, Clint takes his dog to the vet and makes the vet save it, which is the best moment in the world. It's so good. He's going to make it. You're going to try. And I'm just like, ooh, get him, Clint. Yeah. Um, but the the dog obviously makes it. And then I kept reading. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, and he ends up, because Arrow is a dumb name. <laughs> he ends up yes. renaming him Lucky. It's so good. Flash beats the dog occasionally. Then we have the scene with uh, Clint and Kate trying to sort through his old trick arrows. Uh. <laughs> Boomerang arrow. Respect it. Respect it. <laughs> it's the Chekhov's arrow, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it always comes back. It, it always comes back. Uh, yeah, and we find out, then, and, and we have this scene where uh, Clint and and Kate are in this red muscle car being chased by uh, the Italian job cars. They are little Mini Coopers, clearly. (laughs) Uh, And Clint is firing different trick arrows out at them. (laughs) But they're all still unlabeled, so he's just kind of working with whatever he gets. Well, because cause the whole tape. point of them sorting it out is they were he was going to get tape and label all of the arrows on the knock, but that never happened. So he found the car. <laughs> yeah. I also love the callback like seven issues later where Clint yeah. can't find tape again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and Kate is just randomly grabbing different arrows that he's shooting <laughs> at them. It's so wonderful. Also, this is the first time we get to see butts. <laughs> One of my favorite cosplay i have ever seen at dragon con is people wandering around just wearing clint barton's head over their junk it is hilarious to me (laughs) fucking yes i have not seen this i have not seen this and i need to you're my heroes well because clint finds that then we then we do another jump back in time and clint finds this car being uh like he falls in love with it immediately upon seeing it and there's this like you know hot redhead girl that he then is like, you know, can I buy this for me? She was like, well, you know, everything's for sale for enough money. So he does. And then you turn the page and they're getting up because they've slept together. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Clint. Because he's Clint. Because he's Clint. She keeps turning up over and over again like a bad penny. We learn later her name is... Is Penny. 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like tracksuit mafia guys come in uh, to, to, to get them. And it turns out that they're kind of after her because she was married to somebody that was in tracksuit mafia. <laughs> So um, somehow it ends up that Kate is driving this muscle car, Clint is firing arrows out the back, and the girl is tied up and gagged in the back seat. <laughs> like, what the hell? And the best is Kate comes to pick him up in, oh my her, God. in, her, in her VW bug. She gets in, and Kate, and 
he has on his pants and his shirt is like just over his shoulder but not on and he gets in he's like go 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 to go after these people and she just stops and pulls down her sunglasses and he's like come on come on really really with the abs (laughs) (laughs) in that moment we are all kate (laughs) see there's a reason for her ab vision in kelly thompson's (laughs) song So it's so good. So good. Oh, so good. good. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, uh, I mean, it, and that is essentially this whole issue is them, is this car chase with Clint shooting wonderful arrows at them. <laughs> I love him just hanging out the side of the car going, buddy arrow, bro. It's also him <laughs> counting down like the 10 biggest mistakes he's made today. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Yes. Yes. With one uh, of them being the moment that he gets into the car with Kate with his shirt off. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, no. Uh, it's like number five, even. So so at the, the end of this issue, we have a tracksuit mafia guy with a gun pointed at Clint and a, another gun pointed at Kate and Kate with an arrow pointed at him. And he's like, you know, put the arrow down or I'm going to kill him. And she's like, all right, fine. And so she shoots the arrow up into the air. And he's like, ah, oh, that was a big mistake. I got you now. And then it comes back and hit him because, of course, it is the boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Clint puts, uh, puts. he's been calling her Cherry, I think. And I think that's where the, the name comes from. Yeah. Um, it puts Cherry on a plane and she takes off. And I, that's the end of this. <laughs> I think Cherry also references the car. The car. Yeah. It's yeah. both. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, yeah. 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 <sighs> Then we have the two-part story, The Tape, Mm -hmm. in which uh, Clint finds out that this tape of him doing something shady has shown up on the black market and goes to try to get it back uh, after being sent by Maria Hill and Captain America, who is just so disappointed, I'm sure. (sighs) And, uh, like, telling Kate, nope, you can't come, so Kate immediately then shows up and does her best Madame Mask cosplay and pisses off Madame Mask and the two of them uh, have to escape together. Can I say that I love, and there's something important that happens right at the beginning of the first one of these, which is they're all on the rooftop of his apartment building. Mm -hmm. uh, And there's a a guy named Gil who is grilling out and they call him Grills because he's always grilling on the roof for everybody. Um, And he's like, uh, so, uh... How, do you Avengers ever have to kill people? And Clint's like, I'm not an Avenger. I'm nobody. And then this helicarrier goes, shows up. These agents drop down and grab him and pull him up into the air. And he's like, mm, see, Avenger. I love that the whole time, like, he's trying to play. Uh, he's just he's trying to play off the fact that he's not an Avenger so much. He's like, guys, guys, uh, guys, guys, help, guys, <laughs> save me. It's so good. So good. It is. And yeah, the the Kate impersonating Madame Mask comes back to be very, very important later. I love that Madame Mask is so, feels so violated by this act that Kate has done. Kate has tied her up and pretended to be her. And Mm -hmm. Madame Mask feels so fucking violated. And it's like, bitch, this is literally your MO. (laughs) This is you. (laughs) You do this to everyone. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You don't like how it feels? Maybe you should stop it. And I, you know what? I didn't keep a running count, but I'm super curious. How many times was Clint beat up in this? <laughs> oh, my series? God. I mean, once, twice an issue, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so much. There's never a moment that he doesn't have a bandage on his face. So I mean, Kate, there are, but yeah. soon later, it's... Uh, Progressively it's more and more as the series goes on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and I love there's... that. 
so they they beat up and kidnap Kate. And one of the things you have to know is that Shield has given him a black Amex card that has no spending limit in order for him to bid on this tape and get it back. Because it not only whatever is on it apparently embarrasses Clint and the Avengers and the U.S. government and the president. Yeah, it's an assassination. Yeah, it's basically Clint committing an assassination in the name of the Shield. government. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So um they so Kate is impersonating Madame Mass to go and bid a, a, a million dollars on this. Well, but when Kit gets when Clint gets kidnapped, they're like, so uh you know w- you've got no money on you. How are you gonna bid on? He was like, well I've got a black Amex card. And they're like, well we didn't find it on you. He was like, well your guys didn't search everywhere. <laughs> so Madame Mass reaches down and <clears throat> finds it. <laughs> And there's a reason for this, because the line pays off later. Yeah. Um, so later we find out that it, it, Kate was acting as Madame Mask in this whole thing. And um, so she watches, she bids and wins and watches the tape, so finds out what's on it. And obviously, you know, it stuns her a bit. Um, but then um, Maria Hill shows up to help save Clint, who has jumped out a window, and Kate. And Kate's like, Kate is talking to Clint, and she's like, you told me you never killed anyone. He was like, I, I, I didn't. And she's like, no, I, I saw the tape. He's like, oh, you shouldn't have watched that. There's some <laughs> things you can't unsee. Wait, you were mad at Mask? Does that mean you found the Amex card? She was like, yeah, there's some things I can't unfeel either. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, so good. Yeah. <sighs> there's also a moment of Clint being just kind of bungling in this issue that I love or in I think it's in five that I love that is he comes crashing through this plate glass window to back up Kate fighting off uh Madame Mask and company and forgets (laughs) that he's missing a shoe and just lands on the broken glass and the very next panel like his sock is just bloody it's like a total diehard thing yeah yeah very much so um and then so at the end uh Madame Mask is chasing them and she is basically aims and fires and shoots at Kate and Clint jumps in front of her uh, and we find out that he has a bulletproof vest on. (laughs) Yeah. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Um, And yeah, and then we see him in the shield helicarrier and we find out the whole thing was a false flag operation to root out a mole in the so clint really didn't kill anybody yeah i love that they're like yeah we ask a bunch of people and he's the only one that said yes <laughs> oh no i got it as they asked three they did they did it with three different people and leaked the tape like kind of like a canary script oh, okay and leaked the tapes to three different potential people they thought were the mole i think and whichever tape showed up was the one they knew i think you're way. both right here like they asked a bunch okay. of people but the three who said yes were cap because of course wolverine because cap, he doesn't yeah. give a fuck yeah and yeah. and clint, clint because of well these people signed up to do their job they didn't sign up to become targets for their family so of course i'm gonna help yeah imagine that clint Clint helping the people that can't protect themselves yeah it's almost like there's a theme here (laughs) clint who can't help himself sometimes (laughs) and then we get an issue uh we get issue six of young avengers presents hawkeye which I did not go back and reread for this. Most of these collections do have, and I don't think it's even that whole issue. I think it's like a part of that issue. Um, maybe. Maybe. It may be the whole thing. Um, I know I've read it before, but I didn't reread it for today. So this is a Kate issue, I assume? It is. It's very much, it, this is this is actually a, a throwback in, a, in 
to when Kate was Hawkeye running the official Avengers, which was the Young Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it was during Civil War. It was right after Civil War Two, and the official Avengers were essentially illegal. No, it would have been Not Civil, Civil War One. Civil War One. That's yeah. what I meant. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. So, uh, you know, Cap has died, and um, the Avengers are illegal. They're underground, and Clint is Ronan during yeah. this period. Yeah. So, um, Kate is in a carriage ride, and the carriage attack carriage driver turns around essentially and attacks her, and it, you find out it's Ronan because he wants to see what her skills are like. <laughs> Oh yeah, and that's then gives this one. yeah yeah, and then gives her a card that says, "Meet me in this warehouse tomorrow. I want to see how good you are with that with that bow." She's like, "What?" Because he 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 like clearly like he outclasses her combat. Mm-hmm. Like she's like he could have taken me out had he wanted to. Yeah. If he had drawn his swords, he could have killed me. So she debates, and finally she agrees to show up. And it turns out that it's where the Avengers are living underground. <laughs> you know, hiding out. And she finds out that it's Clint, who people think is, are, is dead. And he's like, I just want to see how good, you know, that was that was my bow. She's like, well, but Cap gave it to me. He's like, I know, but I want to see how good you are with it. And so basically she gets him to, to, to agree to a thing that if he can't Robin Hood an arrow, which she says is impossible, then she gets to keep the name and the bow. And if he can do it, then he gets the bow back and she you know, can't use his name anymore. Um, and she's like, that's fine. Cause it's impossible. And of course, Clint does it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Which, so she's, there's a great right. callback to later in this series when she is, there mad is. At Clint. Correct. Um, and I, I think that's one of the reasons they decided to include this. Yeah. Um, and essentially what happens is she's, you know, she, she's mad about a lot of things that are happening kind of in her life right there at this point. And, um, uh, one of her, uh, uh, one of her co-young Avengers, Speed, convinces her that she should just go and steal the bow and get her stuff back. <laughs> and so they break into where the Avengers are, and uh, she does. She steals it back, and um, Luke Cage and I, okay. I'm going to step back for a minute because there's one scene that I absolutely love where she first shows up at the uh, at this place where the Avengers are at, right? And she walks in, and she's like, Clint, you're Hawkeye, da-da-da, da-da. And um, he's like, it's why I invited you here. Uh, it's not just my name you got my... Like I said last night, I want to see how you use it. And she walks in, and when they're walking through saying this, uh, uh, Spider-Man and Luke Cage are playing video games. <laughs> and she just walks through and sees them, and she's like, oh, hi, Luke. Show him no mercy, girl. <laughs> like, just like the most casual, hey, how you doing? It's beautiful. Uh, but so, after she breaks in and steals the stuff back... um. Clint comes back and he's like, do I smell lilacs? And he smells the perfume that she was wearing. And he goes in and sees that the bow is missing. So he knows that basically she's taken it back. And his whole thing is that she, it's not that she's not worthy of it or anything, but that she's in a sense being too cautious. She's not take as he puts it, she's not taking the shots. So of course she can't make them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her doing this was kind of a, that he was like, you know what, that showed that showed Gumption did or whatever. So he goes and sees her and gives her his framed picture of the Avengers when he first joined them. So like the first Avengers that weren't the original team. And she's like, I can't take this from you. He's like, no, you don't understand. You've got a good thing going with this team and you're leading them and you're doing a great job. And know that that team, when it started, which is true if you, if you know Marvel history, the first team that wasn't the original Avengers, everybody hated them and thought that they were just fill-ins and stand-ins and couldn't do the job 
but look at what we did. You know, basically saying, yeah, you're you're gonna be okay. Yeah. I loved I loved this issue for that. And, and I'm that glad they decided was, to include it. Who wrote that issue? Because that was not. Oh, uh, hang on, I'll tell you in a minute. Oops. Hang on. Uh, I gotta get back to the start of it. But it was yeah, it was not the the same team. Uh, it Matt Fraction wrote it, but Alan Davies Davis was the pencils, okay, and Mark cool. Farmer was the inks. And Paul mounts the color. Cool. Yeah. So the art is different, but it's very much, and I think that's one of the reasons they decided to include it, is it's Fraction writing it. Yeah. And it very much has Kate's voice still. Yeah. Cool. I wonder if Matt Fraction was trying to really make us fucking hate Eli, though. Because I, I really hated him in this. I don't know. I think it was just, and I have a feeling if you read like the whole, and I don't know because I haven't read it, but I got the impression that if you read the whole thing, it was just him being frustrated at her not knowing what she wanted, kind of. Not, you know what I mean? But like she told him no, and then he made her feel bad about it. Hey, bro, that ain't fucking yeah. cool. No. She said no. Back the fuck off and give a girl some space. <laughs> then we get to issue seven, which is... Where I start, tried to start us a while ago, <laughs> <laughs> which is Tony and Clint trying to unravel his AV cord situation. And I bring this up for a very specific reason. Man, like, still not, though. <laughs> I know. But, like, still not. Because this is another Chekhov's gun thing where we have this huge mess of cables and nah. they come back again. <laughs> Hang on. What? Issue seven is the storm. I don't know. Whatever opens issue trade two. Six. So it's issue, issue six. six. It's, yeah. But it's tra- It's the first issue of trade two. Alex said seven, I think, a while ago. Guys, I don't <laughs> know anymore. <laughs> how I'm dare, how dare we talk about Hawkeye in a nonlinear Look, way? I'm holding the, the hardcovers. Okay. Yeah. Issue seven. Okay, we're on issue, issue. No, no, no. We're but on issue six. Things. No, we're, we're not. On issue, six. issue six is the tape. Part no, two. that's issues nope. four and five. Issue, yep. The tape. Oh, well, I can tell you the one that I have where I'm looking at issue six. It starts off on Tuesday, December 18th, and it's got Clint and Tony cutting we should, cords. We should be on October 29th. Nope. We're past that. What's the next one for you? Okay. So here is... <sighs> okay. Issue seven came out... Oh, yeah. God. So, okay, so clearly I am I am completely justified in my screwing this up. Yeah. No, I'm not so... saying you're not. I'm just saying like... All right. Issue seven... Okay. Preferred reading order. (laughs) Issue 7 is not chronological within the story. Here is what happened. Originally, Issue 6 was scheduled as it was released as Issue 6, and it came out when it did, and Issue 6 is the issue Brian is describing. Okay. Issue 7 was inserted into the publishing order after, was it Sandy? Yeah. After Hurricane Sandy, Matt Fraction wanted to do an issue about Sandy and donate all of his cut to Hurricane Relief. Okay. So he inserted this issue that was set in October that came out after issue seven, after issue six, but happens in the story before it. Okay. And I would argue that you should read it before it because things from this come up later. They don't affect what's in issue six, but they do come back later in the book, yes. Like, the the the, the confusion is understandable because what you are reading, yes, is completely in chronological order, but 100% six came out before seven and didn't, like, need any of what's in seven to make sense. Okay. I am cutting so much of this conversation. No, no, I think this is important. I don't think you should cut this. Okay. Because I think it's important to know that the reading order is fucky. I mean, 
look, I love this book so much about the sequence, so much about the sequence of what came out and when is fucky. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the point of this is you should you should definitely plan on kind of binge reading this mm-hmm. yeah. and don't let it sit and then go back like like keep moving through it yeah in a, in a short time frame so that kind of like you said some of this doesn't matter that's a little out and it's and it, you're about to start entering the issues where we're seeing the same things again and again anyway from different perspectives right so like it's almost even more important in those. So you know, however you read this. Anyway, I, this was a fun issue where it's really just Clint and his neighbors, and we get a little more background on Cherry. Um, we meet who we later discover is Penny. Yeah. Um, we meet uh, a couple of the neighbor kids. I think for the first time in this one, who come back yeah. later when Barney's around. Yep. Call him Uncle and es- Barney. And essentially what happens <laughs> in this one is Clint gets kidnapped and beat up by the tracksuit mafia yet again. Uh, <laughs> and they basically tell him that he needs to leave or they're going to kill all his neighbors. Mm-hmm. And so Clint comes back and starts kind of starting to pack up a little bit. And he takes his bow and wraps it up and sends it to Kate. And she comes over and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> He's like, I got to get out of here. Wait, so wait, you're doing that running away thing again? Well, everything about that sucks. Merry Christmas, jerk. <laughs> and gives him his bow back. <laughs> this issue also contains one of the most important contributions to Marvel Comics history, and one that I would argue is criminally underexplored. That is dog cops. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's right. There's apparently a... Re- I'm guessing it's got to be a reality TV show. I want it to be a reality TV show called Dog Cops. Like yeah. it's about real, real, real canine police officers, right? Yeah, we, we never really learn exactly what it is. We just know that all of the Avengers are watching it and Hawkeye is trying to set up his DVR so he can get the episodes recorded off of it and watch it. And does, and trying to avoid spoilers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, and in the end, Hawkeye decides to stay and he's going to protect the building from the tracksuit mafia. Yeah. It's also important to note that there is a moment in this where he lets the neighbor kids come over to watch TV at his place because we will revisit that. In a year. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, we will. <laughs> and then we have then we have the Hurricane Sandy episode. Yes. Um, in which Clint and Grills go to see Grills Gill's father, um, who w- doesn't want to leave his home. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, there's a, a lot of stuff happens. Essentially, the home gets completely and totally flooded, and um, all of Gil's mom's stuff that was in the basement gets destroyed. Right. Uh, and so it's a very emotional, you know, thing with, with Gil and his dad. And that matters a lot later. Yes. Like, the other thing I think that happened, and I don't know if Matt had this in mind, kind of what happens later, um, ahead of this, but I definitely think with that happening, this was a very important issue. Otherwise, just to kind of cement Gil and Clint. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And their relationship. Yeah, I mean, if I had to guess, day one, some of that later stuff was probably not part of the plan, but evolved after this and because of this. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the back half of this, we get Kate at a wedding. In uh, Jersey. In Jersey. Because she and Clint are arguing about whether New York or New Jersey is better. Right. Um, 
And Kate essentially is, is at this wedding and has to go out to a pharmacy and uh, kind of gets jumped by some people who are robbing the pharmacy. And then <laughs> they in turn get jumped by all the citizens of New Jersey who are <laughs> <laughs> out trying to protect people. Yeah. And then it ends with her coming back to, to Clint in the city. Like a boomerang arrow. Like a boomerang arrow, yes. And then we start the perspective issues. Yes. So uh, essentially what happens in all of these is Penny shows back up, <laughs> um, and she needs to get this safe so that she can get money out of it. And <laughs> in all of these, we have a scene where Clint is clearly playing Indian poker with Black Widow and Mockingbird and Spider-Woman. <laughs> Or but, he put, put wow, is that complicated? All his exes. Right. His 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 work wife, his ex-wife, and his friend girl. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, and Penny. <laughs> I mean, yes. Penny's not there to play the game. Penny shows up at Avengers yeah. Mansion. Right. Okay. And can I also say how much I love this parallax-style dress that she wears? Yes. That is, if you've ever seen Chowder... Um, and know what I'm talking about with the parallax effect, where as they walk, the texture that's on it kind of doesn't move and is not tied to the clothing itself. Yeah, yeah it, her dress is very much like this. There was it, a show... Does either of you remember Kablam on Nickelodeon? Yes, I fucking loved Kablam. One of the shorts in that used that same parallax effect for, like, a plaid. There was a character who always wore plaid. Mm-hmm. And it was like, like if you're talking about it in like layers, like the animation layer was just over a plaid background and the background was static and it just sort of stayed put while he walked across it. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the effect. Yeah. Um, but essentially, so they break into this strip club where the bro mafia runs and steal this safe, essentially, is the long and short of it. Um, but it has repercussions because Tracksuit Mafia goes to what is essentially like the cabal of New York, like Wilson Fisk and, you know, all of these high-end crime families, and ask their permission to take out Hawkeye. Yeah. And th that's going to have repercussions later, yeah. And then we get the uh, the same story, essentially, from the perspective of the three girls, from Black Widow and Mockingbird and Jessica yeah. and Kate. For that matter. I do want to shout out in number eight, we get some like uh fake comic book covers by Annie Wu who will come on oh, later to draw the they're Kate issues. So good. They are beautiful. Yeah, they're like these fifties kind of like romance uh, comics. Romance covers. type, yeah. 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 They are pretty amazing. Yeah. Um uh, I, I I love his and Bobby's relationship too. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I like I knew from the eighties when they went out and did the West Coast Adventures, I knew they had gotten married, right? I never knew how that relationship fell out and, and what happened after. I'm super glad to, to, to see some of that in here. I love um, them being exes and best friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. being grown-ups with each other. Because you don't yeah. get to see that a lot in other things, that people can uh, date and then not date and still be friends and still be cool with each other. Yeah. There's also, like, a really nice... It is obvious they care about each other, but neither one of them takes each other or themselves in the context of each other too seriously. Yeah. Yep. Also, um, there is this really awesome moment, like, where Jessica has... She's pissed off. She's pissed off at Clint because he's cheating on her or whatever. Whatever she thinks is happening. Um, Which, I mean, he, he probably is. Clint. I got the impression that they weren't... That... 
It, 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 they're not actively kind of together or committed to each other, but the fact that he would think it wouldn't hurt her anyway hurt her. Right. They didn't DTR yeah. and right. things happen. Um, but there's this moment where she is just like repetitively slapping him. And at one point he grabs her arm and he's like, no, you're not allowed to do that anymore. And you never, you never see that moment like between a male and female characters where the female is, is being aggressive and the male goes, no, I'm done with this. You, you can't do that. Right. Because that's a big problem in the real world. Um, men get hit too. Mm. And it's not okay. Don't fucking hit people. Just stop it. Don't yeah. do a hit. Don't do a hit. Don't do a hit. Wow. Yeah. And then, yeah, she's clearly pissed out because Kate comes and shows up. And she's like, you know, Kate, I know you're young and all that, but don't hang out with him. He'll only let you down. It's his superpower. <laughs> it's like, oh, Aww. shit. She is Aww. pissed. Yeah. I mean, of course she is. Yeah. And then the worst thing in this whole book happens. Second worst. No, <sighs> it's, it's probably the worst because at least the dog is okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that is essentially that um, this uh, person who is part of the Bro Mafia, essentially their hitman, the shows up, the clown, and shows up and kills Gil. Grills. Yeah. yeah. Which brings us to the next issue, which is a high society party where Kate is getting to know, in his civilian guise, the clown. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And this is the issue that also has her and Kate... Uh, Clinton Kate shooting uh, arrows and she is pissed at him and she splits the arrow. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. finally makes the shot. Yeah. And basically she's like, okay, you know what? Uh, of all the people of, okay. On the list of all the people you get to yell at because you had a bad day <laughs> because of the amazing futz up you're making of your life. I am a very low person on that list. Like, <laughs> like you don't want to drive me away. Also is yeah. what she's saying. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then we end this issue with, again, him shooting and killing Grills. Because we're, again, we're seeing the same thing again. Then we have what is one of the two most interesting issues in this whole run. And I believe this issue won the Eisner for best single <sighs> issue in the year it came out. It's so good and so sad. Because the next issue is the entire story from the perspective of Lucky. Yeah, this is one of the only issues... One of the only issues of comics that's not like we're going to do a silent issue without a letterer. There is no letterer credited in this issue. And it's not like there is still communication that happens through it. There's it's just all icon iconography. It's all in the art. Rather or than... or 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 the far side. What dogs understand speech. Yeah. Yes. Blurgity blurgity blurg. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which I guess because. Clayton Cowles wasn't credited on this one, must have been David Aha, just in the Just arc. drawing it in. Yeah. 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 That would be my guess, yeah. Um, but I love some of, so everything that is, that is literally lucky thinking about people is, has a, like an icon tree yeah. of mm -hmm. what he thinks about these people. And some of them are super, super cool. Like for Clint, right, he's got Archer and coffee and he likes his coffee really hot and you know, oh, he feeds me and that kind of stuff. And then for Kate, like he has, oh, she's also an archer. She likes pizza. Um, She likes flowers well, and drinks. And then there's like a kissy symbol with a question mark. Like, wait, is she like romantic with him or not? Like the dog is unsure about it. You say likes flowers, but I think that's probably a throwback to that lilac smells perfume. Smells like lilacs. Yeah, I think yeah. it's yeah. more like, yes. she, yeah, yeah, she smells like right. lilacs and cocktails and she's been kissing someone. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Because she would have just come from that party. Right. Yeah. yeah. And also I love her. I love how there's a little heart arrow. Yes, yes, yeah. indeed. 
my and favorite then, my favorite example of the the lucky iconography is he is invested investigating Grills's murder and starts going through the trash and he says like dirty diaper okay diaper clean diaper all right it's this neighbor crushed up bobble right. oh energy drink it's this neighbor instant sticks this neighbor pencil sharpenings pencils this guy coffee beans coffee clint pizza 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 it's pizza <laughs> and then he's distracted yes. yeah and then he's just laying there chewing on pizza yes and then he sees an incident between somebody he thinks might be Clint. He's not sure. <laughs> like you see, you see a picture of this person in the icon, and you see an approximately equal to sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see, and you see Clint's face. We find out later it's Barney, his brother. Yeah. Right. I, I and I um, love that, like that way of. Because Barney is our next issue, and we don't know right. yet that it's Barney. But I love that way of like introducing him and giving the context to that fight part of yeah. it, mm-hmm. and then coming back later. Right. And then we see two tracksuit him interacting with two tracksuit mafia guys, who we also see uh, uh, Lucky going, "Oh, yeah, this one kicked me, and this one hit me." Yeah. So now Run we know away. why Barney why he, he doesn't like them. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see from Lucky's perspective, Kate and and. Uh, Clint leaving to go to Grills' funeral. And the last thing Clint says to him is keep an eye on the place. And so we have a a, a whole page of him just sitting out in front, guarding the front door, and all these different smells and things that he observes or sees or whatever. Yeah, I love how the some of the words that he understands, because, you know, dogs understand a lot of words. They don't understand your intention behind them. But some of the words that he understands are collar and stays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. Which, again, is some really great, like, planting seeds that will pay off Fucking in another 10 issues. so good. So good. I love coming back to this moment. Yeah. And going, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's what they were talking about. Yeah. Um, I also love that he understands the words ex-wife. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then he sees a, uh, a cute little dog walk by him. <laughs> it's Gil's puppy. Yeah. Um, and as part of that, he then goes and sees the tracksuit mafia and the killer up on the roof again. And he's like, why are you here? And he attacks them, essentially, protecting the place. And this is where we find out that one of the residents is somehow involved with tracksuit mafia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, she's an older lady, uh, a grandma type, and she is um, grandma, involved with tracksuit mafia. Grandma sub-automatic machine gun necklace. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. need that necklace. Yeah. And uh, it, essentially they have Lucky trapped in the apartment with them. And I love that Lucky hears somebody coming up with a key to open the door. And so springs out when they do it, when they open the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then runs down and finds Clint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like how the way that Clint gets him to come inside, he's like, Lucky, come. And Lucky just sits there and he's like, Lucky, pizza. <laughs> he's like, okay. Oh, pizza. Yeah. Which, and by the way, we... is the way to get Rusty to do anything. <laughs> and then we get the... Um, Heartbreaking the, the... scene? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I, ju- I love how this is drawn. Yeah. It's essentially Clint in his apartment facing... So he's on the left panel, and he's facing left, uh, eating some cereal. And Kate is outside the door on the right panel facing right, so they're facing away from each other. And she's obviously packed up and got bags. And she's got, like, her head looking down. Like She's like, come on, Lucky. And Lucky gets up and walks out the door to her, and that's when she leaves and goes to L.A. A page after Lucky wouldn't come when Clint said come, Kate says come on, Lucky, and he goes. Yeah. Yeah. I also love in this issue you get a lot of like like blueprint-esque panels. Mm-hmm. where things aren't completely fleshed out and it it almost gives you the sense that like if a dog isn't paying attention to it in his mind it's just not there. Yeah. 
Well, this is the issue where I really want to talk about David Aha. Um, okay. And I think that's a really good segue into it because so much of his work in this series, like I think all the art through this is fantastic. Um, but David Aha has such a very specific design sense and sort of architectural sense. Um, like some examples from earlier issues in issue six in the Christmas issue, there are two shots of Tony and Clint working on untangling the cables uh-huh. one is top down and one is straight on like cross section and like the two of them are mapped exactly one to one they give you the position of everything in this room mm-hmm. um it's all consistent yes but then there are i think the first one i noticed reading through it originally where it really sunk in was in issue two uh like the very first scene where clint and kate are hanging out in his apartment he goes to draw a bow and practice a shot and in black and white in panels that are much smaller mm, right uh framing it's like three rows of full-size panels and between them two rows of small like postage stamp size panels and the small panels are kate basically letter by letter speaking a phrase um in line down. in line with the time that the the sets of panels below them clint is pulling the bow and letting it just so you see how quick this action is yeah right, instead of instead of bullet time we get arrow time yeah right that essentially time slows for him as he's drawing and aiming and releasing yeah but also in this too like like you were saying brian the way that these these symbolic trees flow through mm-hmm. for lucky the way that uh there is an issue in sign language that we will get to or heavily in sign language where like that is clearly communicated to the extent that even if you don't really understand or know sign language a lot of it still makes sense mm-hmm. yeah um just the amount of information in the art in very like intentionally designed ways is i think astonishing and i would point at um hassan oe who does uh panel by panel also has a youtube series called strip panel naked where he has talked a good deal about hawkeye and david aha's art i would 100 point people at that because there are he gets into some really specific examples about the way panel frames are composed around the architecture of the building to present whole images versus small focused images and show time um like some really nitty gritty breakdowns of it yeah yeah super Super cool. Um, and that is essentially... Um, right. We are not halfway through this series. we got to pick up the pace. All mm-hmm. right, yeah. Well, and I think we can, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah because this is this is where we diverge, right? Where we've got Hawkeye Clint doing his thing in New York and Kate out in L.A. Well, we have first the Barney issue. Mm-hmm. Um, this is sort of Barney's piece. We learn that the, the man who Lucky was trying to defend was Barney. The shoe that Clint finds in the last issue was Barney's. He has shown up in town really not a dime to his name looking for a cup of coffee and to reconnect with clint um and we get kind of the family history it was barney who taught clint to fight Mm-hmm. there's a trick with like trying to throw a coin and shatter a bottle uh that... which he did earlier in the series clint did earlier in the series and fucked it up yeah and we like i think it's this one where we see barney try to teach it to him if not it's there's another issue where we get some flashback no it is this one cool it's this one yeah yeah um like we see we see kind of barney's role in clint we don't Totally get it unless you sort of know the characters for you, but like in Clint coming to terms with having hearing loss as a child, in standing up to their abusive parents, or at least mm-hmm. abusive father, and like teaching him how to hit hard. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And we kind of... Or, or as, as Clint later describes it, Cap taught him how to fight to incapacitate people. Bonnie taught him how to fight to hurt people. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we get yeah. sort of this, this central character trait of Barney's, which is Barney knows better than anyone how to take a hit. Oh, yeah. 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 Now we are split between coasts. Yeah. And then we get an issue where Clint goes back to do something with the Avengers and we kind of get a, a super quick check-in on him and uh, Black Widow and Spider-Woman and Bobby and kind of where all that sits. Yeah. Right? Um, we see from there a, a super quick panel from Clint's perspective about the funeral, kind of. Um, yeah, we, we get Clint going to tell Gil's dad in person and then bringing right. him back. Oh, that wrecks me. Yeah. Um, so essentially this is after we've gotten everybody else's perspective on some of this. We now go back and get Clint's. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it essentially, and uh, you know, it's where he meets Barney, and then we kind of—is uh, this the one that we end where Kate leaves again from his perspective? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as they're going to the funeral, we get this like awesome moment of Kate saying, "You know, I see in you like the the shit that I don't like about me, and I see the good shit that I like about me too." So I think together we are one cohesive person. And she's having this like awesome moment with him, and he's asleep in the cab. Yeah. It so also, I think that really adds to her saying, all right, fuck this. I need a break. It also always makes me think of this line from Fairly Odd Parents. We're two halves of a whole idiot. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. so true. But yeah, like, I think that moment, you're right, is why she leaves. Because like, okay, we can do this together. Oh, no, you're not with me in this. I guess I need to go figure out how to be my own person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also important because I think it's right after this that we get kind of a... a metaphorical representation of that whole thing um so we get um and i don't, I don't know how you guys want to talk about because the way that i have it in trades is i have all the clint stuff and then i have all the kate stuff i think so we it's... can kind of talk about the clint then the kate i'm, I'm cool okay. with that. and then come back to okay. the last issue or two yeah okay so um yeah this is where we get clinton barney again kind of defending the the homestead against the tracksuit mafia folk right yep um but now we have the addition of this hitman who is clearly um, very competent. The clown. Right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, and like Jess shows up to see him and um, Clint and Barney both get shot. Yeah. Right. Barney ends uh, but, up in a wheelchair. Clint ends up with massive hearing loss damage again. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's right after this one that we get kind of the interlude with the Winter Friends episode. Yes. Yeah, that happens. Okay. There's an issue where, like, Jess finds the two of them on the ground in the lobby. And then we get, right. like, an issue of Kate, this winter interlude, a winterlude, if mm -hmm. you will. Another issue of Kate. So there's, like, <laughs> I, delays not even counted in this. Like, it's a solid three months with what has happened to Clint and Barney. Yeah. Probably longer in reality. Because I think that Christmas yeah. issue will end up coming out in February. Um. So so, but essentially what we get is the, uh, his neighbor's kids, her two boys, watching their favorite Christmas episode, yeah. which is called The Winter Friends. This is, I mentioned earlier, we'd come back a year later to the kids watching a show, watching winter cartoons in Clint's apartment. This Clint's is apartment, happening right. back then. It's the yeah. NBC Wintertime Winter Friends Winter Fun Special. Yes. Um, which has what has to be one of the, the most adorable thought-up names of all Quanza time. Gator? No. Menorable. Oh. <laughs> Menorable is so cute. Right? 
So it is the um, how do they God, how do they <laughs> nine candles this? nine lives. <laughs> it is the um, multi-dimensional pantheistic all-inclusive seasonal fest. Is it Winter Friends? Is it multi-dimensional or multi-denominational? Multi-denominational. Uh, oh, it is multi. You're right. Multi-denominational. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Which was makes I more way that more sense. The whole time. <laughs> Which makes way more sense. <laughs> so yeah. We have Y'all Dog, which represents Yalda. We have uh, Rama in Pajamas, <laughs> which is a Hindu deity with Diwali. Uh, we have Santalope. We have Samantha Hain, the pagan princess, which I love. I love her. <laughs> they included that. We have Kwanzaa Gator, and we have Minorable, who is a who is a <laughs> little cat. <laughs> it's great. And then there is their but, non-powered uh, associate. Yes. Steve. Steve. Steve the dog, who... Very clearly, Steve is Clint yes. Barton in this. And yeah. his two yeah. associates so, are Kate and Barney. Right. right. Because the the Winter Friends essentially are the Avengers right? Yeah. in this. Uh, and their non-powered friend, who is Steve. But it turns out that something happens to the Winter Friends, and they need Steve to come rescue Heat them. Miser shows up, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah essentially, sun. right. Uh, and yeah, and Lil, who shows up, which is clearly Kate, yes, uh, shows up. And then... <laughs> um, Hey, Brudder, who is a big old dog who is clearly Barney. Right? And I was getting the biggest fucking Homestar Runner vibes, period. I was just like, <laughs> oh, little Brudder, I can do it all on my own. <laughs> yeah. And then, and that's the big thing in this, this is where I got to, we're going to have a, a metaphorical representation of Clint in this, which is continuously in this, Steve the dog is saying, I can do it all by myself. I don't need any yeah. help. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And then Clearly Black Widow, Mockingbird, and Spider-Woman dogs show up. Well, before that, we get the wolves oh, yes. that they run into. True. Who, <laughs> are, who are all in tracksuits. <laughs> and call like, call everybody really? dog. Dogs, yes. Yeah. Dog. Hey, dog. <laughs> oh dog, you are one crazy dog, dog. Yes. Uh, yes. And then I like the, spy, the, 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 the wiener dog with the spider... Uh, extension yeah. like, i don't know if you like, dressed like, a wiener dog up dog. in a spider leg costume you'd have yes <laughs> yes it's beautiful um yeah uh but sure enough he goes to rescue the uh the winter friends um and finds out that you know what maybe he does need help but that's okay to yeah. save them to save everybody make everything turn out okay and yeah, and you know, that's basically the end of this. Yes. Uh, let's see. I got to get back to where I was because they, they have it in a different order in the trade. Yeah. At least the trade that so I So after that, the Clint story picks up with the uh, the issue I mentioned earlier that is told through signing. Yes. Um, yeah. And kind of the, the thrust of this issue is sort of Clint is angry about what has happened. Clint is angry about not being able to defend his home, about him and his brother getting hurt, and about just the fact that he cannot hear again thought he was past this. And this is really, really, I think, focused in on how much, as at odds as they can be, how much, like, Barney right. is able to build up Clint. Um, yes. I don't know their relationship super well, but I feel like I walked into this with some knowledge of, like, was Barney, like, a villain of Clint's at one point, even? Like, I know there's some kind of antagonism before this. Yeah, he, like, pretended to be him yeah. for a while. Yeah. But um, it's at the end of this issue that we get that we get Clint calling and saying, Jess, I'm sorry, and I need your help. I need everybody's yeah. help. Yeah. So this is where he asks for help. Um, and essentially this is because he knows they have now antagonized and pissed off the tracksuit mafia to the point that they have no choice but to retaliate all yeah. out. And 
I love in this issue, I love all the sign languages in this issue, but I love the one moment in the hallway where Clint is reading lips, but you can't see what everybody's saying. And Clint mm-hmm. goes, Uncle Barney? <laughs> and that's like the first time you get that something's going on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you also get whenever he is reading lips, like if there is something that he can't tell what they're saying, like you get sort of the, um, that son of a, the inch? Bench? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, like the, the uncertainty and the sort of having to process and guess and then kind of catch up to, oh wait, what were they saying? Yeah. And then we have the issue, which is essentially the, 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 the assault on the yeah. building. And um, I feel like let's, let's maybe hold there and go to Kate and then talk yeah. about actually 21 and 22 together. Cause right. Cause I, I, I would, yeah. I would agree. And I, this is where I think, yeah, if you want to stop and then read Kate's trade and then come back for these last two, that's probably yeah. the right way to do it. Yeah. And essentially, I, I mean, you can sum up Kate's really simply and quickly if you want to which is essentially madame mass finds out that kate has gone to la and is trying to make her life a living hell and wants to kidnap and torture yeah. her um i do want to yeah. i do want to hit a few notes in this though because there are some things i love I too. one yeah. she befriends a pair of uh middle-aged like kind of just older black men who are waiting to get married like have had to wait to get married and are about to and the orchids that they had arranged for the wedding have been stolen yeah. um and like they are amazing i love them through the remainder of the kate arc they are so good i love them throughout the rest of this but the first issue with them i was just like flashing back to my party planner days and i was just like please please go to hell and die <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> you still have to have your event. It's all paid well, and that's for. That's what one of them finally says. Like, it's clearly one of them wanted yeah. it to be perfect, it's and the other so like, cute. I would just go to the courthouse f- and marry you now if I don't have to wait. Their little right. moment about it being a storybook, no matter what, is just <laughs> yeah. so cute. Yeah. Um, there is also Kate ends up because she is functionally broke because of uh, Madame Mask. She ends up cat sitting for this old couple or old pair roommates i don't think they're ever established as a couple they're probably a, they're, they're a, a couple, couple. Yeah. yeah um yeah this like demon cat who will only eat this one kind of food and ends up befriending like a noir pi who buys cat food at the same grocery <laughs> store as her yes. who we learn later is also entangled in all this um detective coddle who that's the same detective who's in kelly thompson's run right i don't okay. think it is well it's a very similar vibe of why are you here i could well, just have you arrested or shot or both so this is what i wanted to point out is i had no idea that this was so much a setup for the 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 Hawkeye run that is the Kate Bishop Hawkeye run that comes, you know, what, five years after this or whatever? Yeah, there was another, like, Um, brief run between Fractions and Thompson's by Jeff Lemire that kind of just goes in another direction. So I think, really, Kelly Thompson was saying, you know, let's go back and pick this up because there is so much that gets established here. Um, The thing we haven't... Well, like, her trying trying to become a PI and that whole... Well, the thing we haven't touched on at all yet is her father, who starts this out in this kind of, like, cliched, okay, his wife is three years older than Kate and they went to high school together and the only thing this woman ever says is I hope someday you'll come to think of me as a before Kate cuts her off every time <laughs> yes um, yeah. Heather and and Kate I love some of these some of these little things with Kate coming to terms with what she is uh, like her situation like she goes into the grocery store and gets this basket and goes up and the, he's like $87.95 cash credit or debit 
and then you see the next panel, and it's like just the cat food and a thing of broccoli. He's like, um, four dollars and seventeen cents. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> this is also the arc where we get so many of Kate giving herself amazing nicknames. Yes. Mm-hmm. And her and her little dialogue boxes of speaking yeah. to herself, of her comment, of her internal monologuing, which is very much part of the Kelly Thompson yeah. run, also, right? Um, yeah, so so good. We eventually um, learn that her. This is where we get the reveal that her father is in league with Madame Mask. Madame which, Mask, which comes back in the yep. Kelly Thompson run. Yep. Uh, and then we get one of my favorite scenes where she's trying to investigate something. And she goes to the library. And then just critically <laughs> fails her persuasion role. Uh, yeah, so she's talking to the librarian person, and she's like, so um, can you just disable your firewall for a minute? Because I'm trying to trying to peer-to-peer to this one site to trade some evidence about this, da-da-da. And the woman's just looking at her like she's absolutely nut. And she's like, um, can you help me steal some music off the internet? <laughs> I want to know then, how the... it got from asking that question <laughs> To her being arrested. Well, I was going to say, because the very next panel is the police escorting her out of the library. <laughs> Things escalated uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so good. Um, And yeah, so, you know, we get through that. And then essentially we get Kate kind of resolving what she needs to with, with Madame Mask. Uh, and then finding out that Clint's in yeah. trouble. Clearly mm-hmm. she got a call from, I don't know if it said who it was, but it was either Bobby or I think Jess, we right? actually see later in the issue, I think we Do see we? Barney make the call, don't we? Yeah, I thought so. Oh, maybe it is Barney. Maybe it is. I think we, I think it's a subtle thing. Um, I think it's an issue 21 or maybe the beginning of 22. We see Barney pick up a phone and it's the other half of the conversation. Okay. Okay, got it. But yeah, so, and that essentially kind of ends this little run of Kate's here. Then we can go back to the assault on the building. Yes. Because it's really, really good. Hey, wait, where did Kate get that car? Oh, the Trans Am? Yeah. The black Trans Am with the purple Firebird? yeah, where, where did she get that car? I I, I think from the, the recording artist. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. That would make Um, But Clint not only has asked his friends in the Avengers for help, right? but has asked everybody in the building to help how they can. For some, that means leaving and getting sa- being safe and getting out of the way. For others, that means doing some things, like he sends Amy to um, to go get the, the car that he bought way, way back, the, you know, the, the 70s Challenger, and slam it into the, into the front door to prevent them from coming in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, he's taken all of their stuff, which there's a comment earlier, earlier in this run about... Um, it's specifically when he's talking to Tony. Tony's like, why don't we just throw all this AV stuff out and just buy you brand new <laughs> stuff? And Clint's like, well, no, it's my stuff. And everybody's got their stuff and you need to make your your own stuff work for you, right? And so they barricade the stairwell with like everybody's furniture yeah. and stuff. And Clint's like, hey, look, we're making our stuff work for us. So there's a lot of setups and callbacks yeah. in mm-hmm. this, which is just so good. Um, and, you know, it, it goes okay for a little bit, but then, of course, things start turning bad. Um, they are able to take out Clint. They're able to take out Barney. And a lot of it is because Clint didn't realize that old grandma was part of Tracksuit yeah. Mafia. Yep. So she's already inside the building, and she has let them in from the roof, which is the one way they didn't cover. Um, but this issue ends with Barney getting stabbed on the roof, and Clint going over to him and holding him. And then as he looks up, out of the stairwell door onto the roof comes Lucky holding a boomerang arrow in his mouth. So yeah. cute. Yeah. 
Best I'm back symbol ever. Yeah. And then we get to our last issue. Yep. Uh, which has, we find out that Penny is back as well. Because of course. Because right. she wants, she's a bad Penny and she turns back up, right? Um, uh, and she is wanting what is in that red safe that we, that they took way, way back in whatever issue that was. Um, and then we see, I love, I love this framing and this art in this too. Um, where we cut back uh, out of that scene and it's like just like 10 minutes ago and you just see you see the building reflected in this purple and it pulls back a little bit and you see it's a the lens of a sunglass and then it pulls back and of course it's kate wearing her purple sunglasses yeah. with and a t-shirt it, with something written in russian an arrow yes and the silhouette of a dog right and then it pulls back from that and you see her standing with you know kind of destruction around her and lucky next and to then her. she says the thing we've heard clint say so many times this time about him yeah oh clint, well, clint. well she sees the car yeah right <laughs> she's like oh clint and then she's she makes sure amy's in the car and she makes sure that amy's okay and amy's like did we beat the bad guys yet he's like fixing to and then Kate walks in and blows shit up, literally. <laughs> bro, look at all this crap, bro. Needs dang dynamite. In comes Arrow. Kaboom. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Boom. Silhouette of and Kate she... and Lucky in the explosion. Yes. And then you see her hand Lucky the boomerang arrow. Yep. And send him up to, to Clint. Right. There's also, we saw, this is just I mean, a little, like, character thing, right? We saw this throughout Kate's arc, but it did not really dawn on me until she was back in this, just, like, how loaded her covering in bandages, too, now is. Like, we've seen yes. Clint covered in more and more, and now she is just as beat up, actually, more beat up than him in this issue. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she got pretty tore up yeah. in L.A., yeah. Um, But, yeah, so they're back, and they defeat the hitman, and <laughs> I love this scene where... So Lucky, in order to prevent Clint from getting shot with a shotgun, jumps and he gets shot. Um, and Clint—that's where Clint takes out the the, yeah. the hitman, which is guy. of course mirroring and Clint taking the bullet for Kate earlier. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so you see Kate on the ground on her knees holding Lucky, and you see Penny and tracksuit mafia Ivan. guy. This one's name both is looking. Ivan. I, yeah, this is specifically Ivan, right? Who um, has a necklace matching and- his mother's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they see the gun and they both go to reach for it. And Kate being who she is, grabs it first. Yes. Um, and then we get a scene where Clint has the drop on the, on the assassin guy and can clearly kill him if he chooses and says, you know, I'm not like you. And then we see that he has a hidden gun and of course shoots Clint in the shoulder. Um, and then, uh, you know. I, I love this. So Kate has the gun and the, she, and the penny is like, just shoot him. It's a justifiable home invasion. You got this. I'll back you up. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah. And she looks She looks at the gun, and she's like, here, and tosses it up in the air to Ivan. And Ivan goes up to catch it, and she shoots him in the hand. <laughs> well, during that whole moment, he's, like, trying to intimidate her by saying, "We have right. all, I have all these guys, right. and they are so fucking terrible. They're more in prison than out. Right. So if you shoot me, they're going to fuck you up. And then it, it cuts to them, and they're, like, fucked up in the hallway. Yeah. Yeah, and and the, like all of the all of the residents are like, no, you guys just need to stay down, or we're gonna beat the shit out of you. Yeah. They got baseball bats yeah. and axes, and, <laughs> and so yeah, so she shoots him in the hand and handcuffs. Him that was for the dog, you awful right? son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, stop fucking yep. with the dog. And then finally, um, uh, Kate comes in to distract the hitman from killing Clint, and he 
kind of knocks Kate down and he has the gun. And that's when Clint pulls out. I- I'm not sure what it is. It's, it's a collar stay. stay. Oh, that, it's the okay. collar stay that Kate give him and he gives him. And he oh does the trick God. that Barney taught him. And like. Where he snaps his fingers and throws it. And like yeah. saves himself and, and Kate with the things he got from others. Because he couldn't do it alone. Yes. It's the moral, Brian. He he pulls the moral <laughs> out from under his collar. It is a collar stay. Oh my god. A collar stay basically just being I'll... a tiny arrow. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then looks down at him as he's knocked out and says, yeah, the building's not for sale. And then ties up the clown with RCA cables. And then we get, yeah, I was going to say, and then we have the reason that he didn't get rid of all these cables and why they were set up. Because he uses all those AV cables to tie him yeah. up. <laughs> yes. And then... <laughs> Then we have, uh, you know, basically seen with Clint afterwards uh, talking to Gil's dad a little bit and, you know, that Barney took the money and left. And then what may be one of my all-time favorite scenes in this whole thing, which is, so we're back in Clint's apartment with Lucky bandaged up. He's clearly going to be okay. And we have Kate and uh, Natasha and Bobby and Jess and Penny. Uh, And Penny has a suitcase that she's packed up. And um, uh, and then Natasha says, yeah, time, talking about Penny. Time for this one to go. Say your goodbyes. And Penny goes over and says, well, to obviously kiss Clint. And Clint's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, best of luck. And drinks his coffee. <laughs> you? And we see Jess look from behind him, kind of smiling. But before yeah. I was going to say, you can't skip it's... over this. Jen has to talk about this. I have yeah, to talk ahead. about this. Right before that, we've got Bobby, like, forging Clint's signature. Yes. Oh, and a bunch of paperwork to, like, basically say he owns the building. Yeah. Um, and he's talking to, to Kate about it. And she's like, is he okay with that? She's our marriage was complicated our relationship is complicated and then you turn around and it's just like clint's whole ass is hanging out from his fucking (laughs) hospital gown and he's just like whatever everybody here's seen my butt (laughs) drinking coffee yeah you can tell he just doesn't care literally kate is the only one in that room he hasn't slept with yes (laughs) well i guess unlucky if you want to be well right yeah also that uh the other thing that I really thought was interesting is, so Penny leaves and she's like, hmm. Uh, Time to go be someone else's bad Yeah, this is where we find out what her name is. Like, we never knew what it was. And he's like, so best of luck, uh, you. She's like, Penny. Time to go, somebody, go to be somebody else's bad luck, I guess. And we see her on a plane. And sitting her in front of her is Grandma Mafia and the old man that ran the tracksuit mafia. Just, yeah. to, just to be really pedantic, we did learn her name earlier. Clint learns it now for the first time. Right. Oh, correct. you're right. Yes. Bobby correct. and Natasha and Jessica learned it earlier. Knew it. That is correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, essentially, we end this issue with two things. One is kind of that New York crime cabal that we talked about earlier, uh, basically saying that um, they basically, they think they need to get rid of the Hawkeyes at this point. Uh, and one of the people who has to give their assent and does is Kate's yeah. dad. Fuck yeah. that mofo. Uh, and then the last thing that we have is Clint's phone ringing, and he answers, and it's Barney. And... You know, Barney has taken the money, uh, and we Clint's like, you know I'm going to find you. And he's like, yeah, no, you're not. And it turns out that he is on a sailboat literally in the middle of nowhere with, uh, I can't remember her Clint's name. neighbor with uh, the two Clint's kids, though. With the yeah. two boys, yes. Yeah, yep, the ones that called him yeah. Uncle Barney, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get kind of just like the the two pages of Clint hangs up the phone. We see he's wearing yep. a hearing aid, uh, which he had kind of refused to prior and he 
And it's, it's purple, purple to be on brand. He picks up his bow to draw, and then Kate walks in, and you get just this great shot of them shooting arrows together as it cuts to like final credits and zooms in on the target and goes to black. Yeah. And yep. that's it. Wow, guys, this was so good. I can't express how much I love. And it gives me even more appreciation for Kelly Thompson's yeah. run of Hawkeye, I think. And even more for like Freefall, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and the thing that like cannot be said enough about this book is like reading it in 2020, like I still think it's a great series, but in 2012, like it represented one, a surprise, and two, like a big unexpected sea change in what for the big two superhero comics could be. Like this was mm-hmm. the first really critically successful superheroes as slice of life like Mm -hmm. the premise of the book is we're gonna see clint barton never as hawkeye it's all gonna be him at home and this book led to a lot of other series being greenlit and given more creative license to do that kind of thing than marvel and this is something like marvel editors like have said since and have talked about in interviews like being a major change in how they look at books. DC tried to do it a few years later, um, and there were some cool books that came out then as sort of that DC new you wave near the end of the new 52. Um, I don't think they ever committed in the same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It almost makes me wonder if this is the kind of thing that led to, uh, like, vision being oh definitely allowed. like i think absolutely i think vision yeah. and i think even to some degree like i think the the g willow wilson miss marvel book would not get to spend as much time being about kamala's relationship with her friends and her relationship yeah. at home without a book yeah. like this to say we don't have to always be fighting king the conqueror to be interesting yeah right. um i mean the first issue of this went to print six times <laughs> wow. um wow holy crap so this is this is a series that i always had on my list of kind of long term at some point i want to yeah. read i am super glad that you motivated us to do it for this because i am very happy to have read yeah. this it, i'm glad to have gotten to reread it finally it, it 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 has all my recommends. Yeah. <laughs> it gets the good good book seal of approval. Yeah, yeah it does. <sighs> all right. Any last words about Hawkeye? Uh, but I, there it is. That's what I was waiting <laughs> for. <laughs> and abs. <laughs> but mostly butts. We, we see. We, yeah. We we see the we see the inkling seed of where Kate's ab vision comes from. Oh yes. yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Well. I want to quickly mention one of the two new books this week. Um, I have not gotten to read Friday, which is out of Panel Syndicate yet. But the creative team behind Kim and Kim has put out a new book for Comixology. That, of course, being Magdalene Visaggio, Claudia Aguirre, Zach Sam, and Joe Carollo. Lost on Planet Earth. This is about a woman who is a cadet and basically like basically for like the federation if this were star trek like her life goal is to become a captain and she's on track to be the youngest captain and she like controls exactly the food she puts into her mouth to give like the best cognitive gains and muscle mass and all of that and is a world champion judo practitioner and meditates and studies philosophy and like listens to educational tapes while also sparring with her best friend and so she's a psychopath and that's basically what her best friend tells her who she's like 
okay. Like, you you don't have you don't have to do this. Like you don't have to be this way. Uh, like the very first line in the book is like thought bubble of only today, not tomorrow. And then everything she does is just about trying to get what she wants in the future and never living in the moment. Mm. And she gets in to take this exam, and it's all these sort of fact based questions, and it asks her a question based on this philosophy that she'd been studying the night before. And the question is just, what do you want? <laughs> and she literally jumps out of the chair and runs out of the testing center in a panic. And like, this is all to set up for sort of the realization that I think will drive the rest of the series, which is she's never lived in the moment. She doesn't know what she wants. She's always been on this track to do this thing. And then in that moment realized whatever it is she does want, that wasn't it. So, yeah. um, yeah, That's it's cool. a cool book. It's a comicsology original. If you've got unlimited, it's free to borrow. If not, it's there available to purchase. Uh, it was fun. So shout out to that. Uh, Lost on Planet Earth. All right. Now it is time for the long box book report. Woohoo. Woo-hoo. No one's going to sing it for me. Okay, fine. I see how it is. It's long box book report. It's long box book report. Thank you, Brian. God damn it. I feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> so i pulled booster gold number 11 last week from the 1985 run um this is part one of a two-part story about a group called the 1000 breaking a villain who this book likes to remind you a lot thought blue devil a couple of times <laughs> And lost. Uh, I think his name was Shockwave. Let me double check that. Uh, Yep, Shockwave. So the 1000 breaks out Shockwave just to go like wreck the office building where Booster Gold's corporation Gold Star uh, works out of. After we see the breakout, we we get sort of an an exchange between Booster Gold and the CEO of Breisler, who has started mass producing the Booster Mobile for consumer sales. Booster's not wide about that because he could just imagine villains like pulling bank robberies in the booster mobile and wants to know why his business manager allowed the contract allowed that in the contract uh it turns out he allowed it in the contract because his daughter and friend girl have been kidnapped by the 1000 who are blackmailing him to uh or extorting him to give them access to gold stars computer systems which he after booster fires him does that's when shockwave shows up and starts wrecking shit uh the business manager decides maybe i screwed up a little since the 1000 is attacking now and helps booster stop shockwave but not before trixie the friend girl and the business manager's daughter uh let's spill let's slip the beans spill the beans there we go um that booster gold's real name is michael carter and he's there from the future uh for some reason booster's suit is not putting out as much power as normal probably because the system's been hacked uh that's not super clear but i assume that that's what's up um and then the building collapses and we learn that there will be lawsuits against gold star and booster skeets gets hacked uh the there is a sploosh followed by a crump sound effect nice Um, it's usually the other way around yeah yeah well (laughs) in this case not uh and then the leader of the 1000 says you have one hour and then we'll ruin you to be continued in part two all right 
It was fine. It was I... 80s Booster Gold. I love Booster Gold. This was all right. All right, Jen, are you ready for your choices? We didn't flip a coin. No, no, no. I think we're just rotating, no, aren't we? No, no. we're no, flipping a coin. It's like on. the old times. No, no. We, have to, we have to play by the rules. Now, that said, I will introduce a wrinkle if you guys want one. I have had a suggestion of a book that uh, the same listener who recommended we bring this back thinks would be a fun pick. I am going to offer this as a door number three. Whenever someone wants it, they can take it, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Okay, that's fair. So wait, we find out after we decide we don't want to do either of yes. the other two? Yes. Oh, God. If you don't want one of the... <laughs> and I, it is, this is too much it is, power in other people's much, hands. I will, it is very much a let's make I will, a deal. It is. This is let's make a deal. And I will say, I will never take door number three because I know what it is. I right, would yeah. also not be surprised if it is in Brian's collection somewhere. <laughs> so there is the theoretical possibility where someone is like, well, fuck, I'm not reading that. And then it is that. Could... could... <laughs> Could people maybe, like, message us all different <laughs> books? That way, like, if it's your turn, you have a secret other option. I mean, if each of us has messaged one and we do it this way, then each of... We'll, I'll tell you, we'll figure, it, we'll figure out these rules off air. For now, I'm going to okay. say... I'm going to call an audible here and say, you know, if, you, if either of you doesn't like this, at any time you can pick this specific door number three, and I will tell you what the book oh, is. Okay, roll those bitches. All right. Am I... I guess I can roll. I've got dice right here. I've got I've got okay. one right here if you want. All right, Jen, you call it since I'm rolling. Odd. Here, I'll 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 do it. I'll do it here in front that so you can. I can shine my camera down and you can see. Okay, well I'm, I'm odd. odd. Ready? Yeah. You're odd. Yeah. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I have escaped again. <sighs> All right. Love so you, I, have, I have already run my program and chosen two books at random here. And my option, do, do we say what the options we are? We say what we the just, options uh, are, yes. Say, okay. So the first option is Vigilante Volume 1, number 27. Brian's going to pick option number two. Um, the <laughs> other three. option is DC Comics Presents Volume 1, number 45. Okay. And I am I am going to choose that one. And that is Superman and Firestorm. Okay, so keep not telling us what option three yeah, is. Yeah, no, I'm not going to tell I am not going to reveal what's behind yeah. door number three. At any point in the future, though, either of you can say fuck it and take door number three instead. Okay. Yes. Yep. All right. Yep. So we'll be reading Superman and Firestorm for next week. Cool. What else are we reading for next week, Alex? Rock Candy Mountain. We're going to do the whole series. It's eight issues. Uh, written and drawn by Kyle Starks. Colored by Chris Schweitzer. And designed by Dylan Todd. Brian is waving the trades at the camera. Yay! <laughs> Already got yep. Yes. Woohoo! I'm very Much excited. Excite. Much excited about these. Yes. All, All right. right. I think that's going to do it for us, yeah? I think so. Yeah. Two hours later. Yeah. That was, was a, it was yeah, a lot well, of books. This is, yeah. this is also it's what happens when we talk through the entire series in plot summary format. Yeah. yeah. We would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. You can visit our website at panelologypodcast.com. Support us at patreon.com slash panelology. Buy merch at bit.ly slash panelology merch. Capital B, cap, capital P, capital M. Or send in questions, comments, responses to things we've said about the books we've talked about long form. Whatever you want, really, at bit.ly slash panelology mailbag. Also capital P, capital M. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Brian. Go read some comics. Mm-hmm.